0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا ولا الحمد لله رب العالمين الله سيدنا من ظلمات as you know alhamdulillah we started the unit and that is about prophethood. This session we want to continue with some of the characteristics of the prophets and then about different messages sent by God and why there has been different sharia and what is the relation between these different sharia. And if time permits, we'll talk about also Khatm We said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided all creatures with a general kind of guidance. al hidayatul al In addition to that, when it comes to human beings, we have Fatrah, we have Aql, this is on top of instincts that are available in animals what we said is still we are in need of guidance in the form of revelation to teach us the things that we are not able to know by ourselves to emphasize on the things that we can know but we need you know some sanction and also when there are differences of opinions disagreements to give us the final word, so that we don't need to waste our energy on just discussing and arguing and debating and reaching nowhere. So we need revelation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that he has sent messengers or prophets to all nations. I'm not saying in every generation, but I'm saying to all Nations, So, maybe, for example, a prophet was sent to China, but not that, you know, for every generation, but at least for the entire nation, a prophet was sent there that if people had appreciated, they could have kept the message, maybe the message is partly preserved, partly not preserved. Anyway, the Quran is very clear. In chapter 16, verse 36. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وَلَكَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا We have dispatched, we have raised in every nation a messenger. أَنْ أُعْبُدُ اللَّهِ وَجْتَنِبُ And the core message was the same. To serve God and avoid the فَمِنْهُمْ اللَّهُ وَمِنْهُمْ Some of them are guided, some of them are misguided. فَسِيرُوا فِي You should travel all over the world to see what happens to the people. Especially see what was the end of the people who rejected the messengers. Where are they now? or in chapter 35 verse 24 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna arsalnak bilhaqq bashiran wanadhira we have sent you truthfully as a bashir who gives good news and as a warner nadhir but in general wa in min ummatin illa khala fiha there has been no nation unless a warner has been sent to them. So, to all nations, a messenger, a warner has been sent. There is one more verse in the book. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse, which is verse 7 of chapter 13, also says that for every people there is a guide. لَكُلَّ هَادٍ This is one of the verses that we use for imama. We see there must be a guide for every people and guide according to the Quran is the one who guides without being in need of Guidance. Inshallah, in Imamah, we will talk about it. According to the Quran, guide, in this sense, is the one who doesn't need to be taught, who doesn't need to be guided. Okay. So, to all nations, Allah has sent messengers. One of the things also that the Qur'an tells us is that these messengers spoke the same language of people. If Allah sent to Arabs, he spoke Arabic. If Allah sent to, for example, um, those who spoke Aramaic, they spoke Aramaic. If they were speaking Hebrew, they spoke prophet spoke Hebrew. So it was بِالْلِسَانِ And once you know, I had a discussion with someone and I said I think if Allah is, was going in the past sent a prophet to England the prophet should speak English not speak you know, Arabic or Farsi or Urdu because Allah said <laughs> If a prophet was coming here, was speaking English. He was <laughs> sent to France, he was speaking French. Okay? So, the main thing is that there must be no barrier between the messenger of God and people. And I think this is very clear. It's a matter of wisdom. If you want your message to reach people, So, one of the requirements is that that Prophet should speak the same language of people so that people can understand him and also they should feel that he is one of them. When you speak people's language, people feel close to you. Yeah? Also, the Quran tells us that the Prophets were human beings. This is another aspect of unity. If the prophets were angels, for example, angels who were sent by Allah to speak to us, to communicate to us, they could not play the same role. Because we could feel that they don't understand us. They are not you know, going through the challenges that we go through they cannot be a very good role model for us because they don't have, you know, body, physical needs, you know, desires, all these things that human beings have. But when a person who is a human being is sent, it makes it very easy. Like, for example, the Ayatollah Nafr. You know, Ayatollah Nafr. Makan al Mukminuna, the Yanferu Kafa, Falo Lana Faraman Kuliferat and Minho Taifa, the Yatafakahu Fedin, Valiundru Kaumahum, Ida Rajahu, Ilahim, Lalahum, Yahbarum. Allah says it's not possible for all the believers to travel. But why, from every group, some have not traveled to go to Medina and learn Islam? and then go back to their people and teach them so that they may get lesson. They may, you know, develop respect and devotion and become God-fearing. <laughs> so it's very important that from every group of people, some people go to hose, to places of learning, they learn and go back So that they can warn their own people, they can talk to their own people, they can preach their own people. Because then people feel unity, okay? So to every nation a messenger has been sent. The messengers have spoken the same language, they were human beings like us, even in some cases. For example, like Prophet of Islam, Allah emphasizes on the fact that he was also one of the same people. Not only he was a human being who spoke the same language, he was one of the same people. لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا He was one of them. So if they were, for example, Arabs, he was Arab. They, he, he was from Mecca. He was from Quraysh at least the first addressee who were those people in Mecca and Medina and Arab Peninsula, they could feel closer. Of course, when the message is established and then it grows and is to all over the world, then you cannot have a person who is from all the nations. He has certainly one nationality or, you know, one kind of ethnicity. But to begin with, This was very important and this was the du'a of Ibrahim and Ismail that they asked Allah They asked a messenger to be sent to their progeny who is from them, a messenger for them and from them. Indeed, they were, you know, asking something great. They wanted a messenger for their progeny, but they also wanted that messenger to be from their progeny. Yes? Very ambitious. Which is good. In dua you should be ambitious. So, this is a general idea about sending prophets and messengers to all nations with their language, you know, and all these things. How many prophets have been sent? The Quran doesn't mention the number, the total number. But according to a hadith, Abu Dhabi reports from Prophet Muhammad that there were 124,000 prophets, Nabi. 124,000 Nabi. And out of them, there were 313 rasul messenger messengers are prophets are nabi but it's not that every nabi is rasul every rasul is nabi but every nabi is not necessarily rasul. nabi is the one who receives revelation so all the anbiya all the rasul which are anbiya they received revelation they received rahm. but Rusul are those people who had a special message, a special mission. Many Ambiya, they were just like teachers, like just ulama who preached the Sharia of the prophet who was given Sharia, a messenger who was given Sharia, either contemporary to them or before them. So in Bani Israel, for example, there were many prophets, sometimes tens of prophets, but they preached the same message of messenger of that time. Okay. Some of the people who are mentioned in the Quran by name are like Adam, Allah, <laughs> Prophet Noah, Abraham, Ishmael, Lot, Jacob, Joseph, Job, Moses, Arun, David, Solomon, John, Yahya, Zakaria, Yunus, Isa, Jesus, Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. So 27 prophets are mentioned by name in the Qur'an. But the Qur'an says there are many that we have not mentioned in verse 78 of chapter 40, Allah says, there are many that we have not mentioned their names. There are many that their stories are not mentioned in the Qur'an. Because, imagine, you cannot mention the names and the stories of 124,000 prophets. But those who were more important for us to know, they are mentioned. And among these five are Ulul Az. كَمَا The prophets of great determination. Inshallah, next session we will talk about azm, about determination. It is interesting that out of 124,000 prophets, how many are messengers? 313. Out of 313, five are selected. So these are the select after select. And they are called It shows the importance of determination. What do you need for your success? You may need different things. But the main key to success is what? Determination. If you are determined to do something, 99% of the cases you would do it. If you have determination. If you don't have determination, even if you have everything, you will not succeed. You know, look at, for example, lives of great scientists, scholars, whether it be Muslims, non-Muslims, you know, different fields. You find sometimes there are people who were very poor. They were not even able to get access to books, to libraries. Some of them were not even you know, uh, having you know, good schooling. But because they were determined, they became great scholars. Even we read about some ulama that they didn't have light at home. Okay. In the past, they used to have, you know, this uh, like, you know, candle or oil, you know, they burn oil. So it was not something that everyone could afford. So some of them used to go outside and read outside near a house which, for example, has put a candle on the door or, you know, something like this they didn't have, you know, light at home. Now we have light, we have, you know, chair, we have desk, we have carpet, we have, you know, heater, we have electricity, everything, air conditioning, (laughs) coffee, fridge, everything. But what we don't have is that determination. Yes? You know, when we want to study, we want, you know, to have no problem. It's impossible to have no problem. Have to have determination, you know. If you look at, for example, the late Sahib Jawahir, Sheikh Muhammad Hassan al Najafi, he has produced 43 volumes of Jawahir. Jawahir al he's uh, one of the great Faqi jurists of our. Temporary time 43 volumes And each page Is so Deep That ulama believe If someone can understand One page of jawahir He is mujtahid If you can really understand Even one page of jawahir You are mujtahid One person Single-handedly without having, you know, a team, without having, you know, fans, without having even a fan, in hot weather of Najaf has produced 43 volumes of masterpiece. That now it's impossible for any Shia faqih to issue fatwa without reading what he said. Determination is very important. Inshallah we will talk about this. So, out of 313 messengers or apostles or rasul, the plural is rasul, mursaleen, five are chosen as ulul azm. Prophet Nuh or Noah, Ibrahim or Abraham, Moses or Musa, Jesus or Isa and Prophet Muhammad. According to the Quran, who was the first messenger who was given Sharia, a code of law, a system of law? No. Prophet knew. No. شرع لكم من الدين ما وصى به before prophet knew Allah Teabarikou Anhu Al-Mizan explains before prophet knew there was no sharia there was no code of law there were moral teachings there were you know أقايد you know like tawheed, معاد yeah but to give a set of law started in the time of prophet Nuh. because before that life was not very complicated human society was not that much you know developed so they were not in need of a code of law prophet Nuh was the first person who was given sharia and then other you know uh, prophets were given sharia like prophet musa Why Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala sent different prophets, why he sent different sharai, different sharia. The reason for sending different prophets is because Allah wanted to communicate to all people of the world. And they were very divided and scattered, and there was no way also to communicate from one place to all over the world. So Allah sent different prophets. Also, they were not able to preserve the message. So Allah had to send books one after the other. One reason for sending books one after the other was because they were not able to preserve the book. The other reason was because they were not able to receive very complicated and sophisticated book. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had to teach them just enough for that period. Also, the situations were changing. So the Sharia sometimes had to change. But when we reach the time of Islam, we have a change. The change is that now, first of all, the book is preserved. So people have reached the point that they can preserve the divine book. Even during the life of the Prophet Muhammad there were many, many memorizers of the Quran. Even in one battle of Muta, 70 Hafiz of Quran were killed. Imagine how many half were there that just in one battle, 70 people were killed. How many half took part in the battle? Out of them, 17. And how many people were all together there? Right from the time of the Prophet, writing down the Quran was also happening. You know, there were people who were commissioned, they were asked by the Prophet to be writing down the Quran. They were called Qutabul Wahd. They were writing, they were registering Wahd. And you know, the story of compiling the Quran, the story that Amir al Mu'min salam put the whole Quran with commentaries and the stories about when and where each verse was revealed together, all these things. So the book was preserved. One point. Also, people reached that level of understanding that they were appreciating the word, the speech. You know, we have a discussion about Mu'jizah, inshallah, we'll talk about it later. But briefly, every nation was given a type of miracle that suited that nation. In the time of Prophet Musa what was the most important thing what was the great art? Magic. magic. magic Sehra. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Musa alayhi salam, miracles that suited that era. And this is why when Pharaoh wanted to defeat Musa alayhi salam, called the magicians. But this miracle was much more than magic. Therefore, the magicians were the first people to admit. In the time of Prophet Isa, what was great thing? The most important thing was medicine. Medicine was very important. And Allah made Isa able to do something that no medical doctor or physician was able to do. No one was able to give life to a statue of bird. No one was able to give vision to the people who were born as blind to revive the dead. So, it suits medicine, but it's not medicine. Something that all medical doctors would say, this is not medicine. This is not something that even we are hoping to achieve in future. You know, the difference is so great that medical doctors would not say, yes, he is using a type of herb or, you know, some kind of treatment that maybe after some years we also realize. Like magicians. They didn't say, maybe he has a type of magic that we can also learn. No, they realize it's totally of different nature. Miracles of Isa was of, uh, of different nature, but is still relevant suitable for that time. In the time of Prophet Muhammad the most important thing for people was their language. For Arabs, Arabic was the most important thing. You know, they were very careful about their language. They were very amazed by poem An eloquent language. Even, you know, one of the habits of them was they used to send their children to deserts to live among the Bedouins so that they have pure Arabic. Because people of Mecca used to receive lots of visitors. Yeah? For trade, for uh, tawaf. Many people used to go there. Not like today, but uh, still many people used to go there. And they were afraid that if their children are brought up in Mecca, they would pick up some words which are not pure Arabic or their accent might be distorted. So they used to send their children to desert so that they grow in desert, learn pure Arabic, also become strong because, you know, in desert, you know, you have to be strong and also to have good, you know, Arab, you know, characteristics. So language was very important for them. Inside Kaaba, there were seven pieces of poem that were hanging on the wall. They were called muallaqat Sabah. You know, not only they had idols inside Kaaba, they had seven pieces of poem. It shows how much poem was important for them. These seven pieces of poem were masterpieces for them. Now imagine Allah sending Rasulullah to people who are so impressed by the language and so much you know proud of their language and now Rasulullah is going to uh, speak to these people in Arabic. The same letters, the same grammar, but when Rasulullah speaks, they say, this is not a word of human being. Those who were honest, they said, this is word of God. Those who were dishonest, they didn't want to say this is word of God, but they could not say this is a word of a human being. So they said he is taught by jinns, or he is a magician. He is using power of magic so that we cannot resist against this world. They were so worried about the power of attraction of the Qur'an that they used to tell people that whenever you go for tawaf and you see Muhammad there reciting the Qur'an, don't stand next to him and even if you are walking or doing tawaf around put cotton inside your ear so that you don't hear is this rational why you are afraid of listening to the quran today most of us don't understand the beauty of the quran because we are not you know Experts. We are not, you know, that eloquent. You know? Like, for example, um, in Farsi, we say, zar Who knows the value of gold? Those who sell gold. Okay? There is a story. Once a person gave a ring to someone. And said, you know, go to the market of those who sell, you know, metal and iron, making you know, swords and, I don't know, knife and this type of things. Okay? Haddad. You know Haddad? Those who sell iron. So he took this ring there. They said it doesn't have any value. Because one kilo of iron is maybe, for example, 10 cents. What is the value of one ring? It's just two grams. So he went back and he said, they said that it has no value. He said, okay, now take it to the market of those who sell jewelries. Those who sell jewelries for them, it's not important what is the weight. Yes? They look at this and they said, oh, it's... Thousands of dollars or pounds. So the same thing was evaluated totally differently. Why? Because the first people were not experts. You know, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, in some, you know, uh, countries in the Middle East, people had old manuscripts, And they just used to, you know, sell it in the market very cheap. And there were many people, you know, from, for example, you know, libraries, from museums, you know, from Western countries. They used to buy these books very cheap from them. Because those people who were selling, they didn't know the value. Yeah? So if you were giving them, you know, for example, $1 for one book, they were very happy. Because even new book is not $1. You know, it's I sold an old book, one dollar, this man was crazy, he gave me one dollar, you know, not knowing what is the value of manuscript. I don't know if you have been to uh, Ayatollah Marashi's library in Khome. So this library is one of the most important libraries in the whole Islamic world. There are hundreds of thousands of books. But the library started first not as a library it started first as a personal effort of ayatollah marashi when he was in najaf as a student he was very sad to see important manuscripts are being sold and people don't know the value they sell it to foreigners and they take it and we lose this Important things. And he was a taliban and he had no money. So he decided to eat two meals instead of three meals. So he reduced one meal so that he saved some money. And he started doing Salat Isdijar and uh, fasting of, you know, when you are hired to fast or pray on behalf of someone and you get some money. So he used to do this for many years and buy these books. So he managed to purchase many of these books, and then when he came to Qom and he became, you know, Marja, he built this library, and he started buying more. And then Imam Khomeini uh, asked Iranian government to give him more money, so they expanded the library. Now Mashallah is a very good library, and they have also modern, you know, technology to preserve the book, to restore the book. Even they have a storage that it's anti, you know, uh, rocket or missile. So if, you know, those valuable things. But it all started, one Taliban in Najaf, who was seeing these books are sold so cheap, and he was not happy, and he put some pressure on himself. Actually, it's determination. Anyway, those who don't know value of something, they take it easy. But those Arabs, they were very, very particular about language. But when they listened to the Quran, they found it different. Like the magicians who looked at the miracle of Musa and said it's different. There's a beautiful story that once three leaders, or maybe more than three leaders, at least three leaders, I, th- I have in my mind three, leaders of Uresh and Mecca, who had asked everyone not to listen to the Prophet Muhammad met each other around Fajr outside the house of the Prophet. And they realized that each of them was there the whole night listening to the recitation of the Prophet thinking that no one would realize. So they were listening to the Prophet but asking people not to listen to him. So when they met each other they said this is very bad. We are leaders of Quraysh and Mecca and if people, you know, realize that we come ourselves to listen, this will be very bad. So they promised each other and made vow that they won't do this the same, you know, again. The next night, everyone thought others are not coming. So they went again. And they saw again each other. They promised, but the third time, repeated. Then the third time, they made, you know, big vow that we don't do this. So even the most hostile enemies of Islam, they were not able to deny the attraction of the Quran. Once. They decided to accept the challenge of the Qur'an. You know, Qur'an has a challenge, tahaddi. First, the challenge was bring something like the Qur'an. If you bring something like the Qur'an, then you would withdraw from saying that this is the word of God. They were not able to bring something like the Qur'an. Then the challenge was meant to bring 10 chapters, 10 surahs, 10 pieces like Quran. They were not able. Then the challenge was reduced, bring one surah. and Still no one has been able to bring. They have brought things which were ridiculous. So once they asked three master, masters of Arabic, that please produce something like one third Of what has been revealed so far. And we give you one year and lots of money. So they thought one person cannot do this, so they chose three masters and said, everyone produces something, you have one year time. After one year, we put it together and we say, This is what we have produced. But after one year, Everyone said, I was stuck with the first ayah of the Qur'an, and I was not able to continue. And those three ayahs that they were stuck with are mentioned in the books. One is the ayah about the flood in the time of Prophet Nuh, when Allah says uh, to the sky and the earth, you know, what to do. So each of them were stuck with the first ayah. So in the time of prophet of islam we have this phenomenon that word was very important language was very important text was very important as i said they used three texts inside cabal so the book was preserved the book was appreciated and now there is no need to send a new book we just need to make sure that we continue having proper interpretation. And this is what Imams did. Inshallah we will talk about this Khatmul more, more in the next session. So just to finish this, there were many prophets because they had to be sent to different parts of the world or they had to renew what was lost or sometimes because There were many pious people, and sometimes in the same town, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala chose many people as Prophets. But those who were given books are not that many. It's not that, you know, 124,000 books were given, or, you know, all the messengers were given books. No. There were some people who were given books. As we know from the Qur'an, in addition to the Qur'an, we have Torah. We have Injil, we have Zabur of Dawud and we have Suhuf of Ibrahim. Maybe there were more books, but these are the books which are mentioned in the Quran. But for sure, not 124,000 books. Certainly not 124,000. Inshallah, we will continue this discussion in the next session. وَآخِرُ Dawana Do you have any questions?